Saddle up, partner. This is the Voices of the West. Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Yes, indeed, they certainly were the best. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, <laughs> you can't shake a stick at a uh, uh, cowboy program, but lawyers, uh, definitely, uh, you, you can. Shady, all, shady all scamps. I know. Every one of them. Yeah. Hi, you know, howdy, 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 everybody. Harry Alexander with you here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a Saturday, and uh, could be another day, when, depending on when you listen to this. Me. I'm having enough trouble grabbing yeah, my head around Saturday. I hear that. Um, <laughs> uh, today's program, we're going to uh, drop back just a shade here. We had a, uh, and talk about the American Cowboy. And uh, yeah, uh, because it's a pretty important type of thing to uh, be talking about, I think. Oh, I do too, because you know what? Yep. Without the cowboy, you wouldn't have had the early phases of the West. Right. I mean, you had the pioneers and stuff, but the guys that, that really got the West going was the cowboy because they were supplying meat to the East, mm-hmm. and everybody in the East liked to eat. Plus, there was these great stories about these wild, crazy guys that, <laughs> that drove those cattle. Mm-hmm. You know, created the dime novel. And, yeah. You know, without that, we wouldn't have cowboy movies. There you go. Well, Roy if, Rogers see, and whatnot. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation with us about uh, the American cowboy, here's how you do it. You call uh, 844-908-9378. That's 844 844- 908 West. Let's see how convenient that is. It that's, spells it out. That's, yeah, if you can spell, yeah, or well, if you can count. Or, that's that's requiring a lot of our, our listeners and viewers, you know, to count and spell at the same time. I imagine so. Um, I know I have trouble doing it. So. I, I, I farm it out. <laughs> you subcontract it. <laughs> yeah. You can also email us at uh, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. That's Voices of the West at gmail.com. Toll free, though, 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378. And uh, let's see here. If you're uh, watching, hopefully you are watching, on the YouTube channel. And, whoops, that's not what we're supposed to do. Uh, what's happening here? I can't see what's going on. Over I know you can't, and that's a good thing, too. I know. I'd be confused as it is. You know, I, I know that. <laughs> well, anyway, if, if you're... Uh, if you're of a of a mind, we'd sure like to have you subscribe to our YouTube channel yeah. uh, because there's some cool stuff up there, not only uh, past programs, but um, a cowboy serial, um, Riders of Death Valley. And uh, it's a good one. Dick Ferran, Buck Jones, God, Glenn Strange. I thought a cowboy serial was Ralston Perina. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm I guess where you come from in sheep country it is. Hey, watch it. <laughs> you know, we keep talking about the class that separates us, but you know what, Eric? There's no grass, and I, I can know. reach you. I know, I know, I know, I know. 
and you're pretty doggone fast for your age. <laughs> hey, hey, watch it. You're pushing. You're, you're, I know I'm pushing. You're feeling pretty. Uh-huh. Old Grizzly is feeling pretty frisky. Yes, sir. Today. Yes, sir. The Grizz is on the, on the prowl. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so with that. Um, like, tell them about our. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming up. After this, well, not directly after, but an hour after this program, is our uh, old-time radio theater. And uh, it's uh, Western Theater, uh, Old West Theater. And uh, tonight we have the adventures of the Cisco Kid and Pancho, as well as Tales of the Texas Rangers, uh, which stars Joel McRae. The best. It is Mm. is by far one of the, I think, really good radio serials uh, out there. And uh, I'm not an authority, don't pretend to be, but... Uh, you know I, what you like, and you uh, like what you know. Thank you, yeah. yeah. So that that's the name of that tune. Um, what else? Oh, on the radio channel, uh, when we're not on the air, you can uh, listen to some of the best cowboy and Old West music. There is uh, great artists. we got... Uh, Oh, my God. It sure are the best Western. Yeah, they be. They be. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ken Curtis is in there. Some Roy Rogers. Some uh, Gene Sons Autry. Of, Sons of the Pioneers. Sons of the Pioneers. Uh, Patsy Montana. Oh, I mean, you know. be a cowboy sweetheart. Plus. First million record seller. That's right. Plus, uh, we've got uh, contemporary Western music up from... Uh, Folks who have uh, passed on CDs to us from the Western Music Association here, and we need in more. Yeah, you keep so, them cards, letters, and yeah. CDs coming. We're we're more than happy to uh, play your CD, and we want cowboy poets. We yeah, want cowboy, cowboy poetry. Yeah. Yep. So you know, here's the thing. You know, we sit here and do all the talking, but we want you folks to call in and do some talking too. Questions, comments. You know, if you want to cuss us out, we'll, we're, we can take it. Yeah, we can take it. Yeah, we can take it. I can take it, Harry. I don't know you. <laughs> I'm pretty thin. I've been cussed out by some pretty good people. Uh, I'm pretty thick-skinned now. As a, well, grizzly get, bears are. You know, yeah, that's right. Get me uh, 30 years ago and probably would have... Uh, what happened 30 years ago? I'm you trying got to married? Remember. I'm trying to remember. No, I oh. got married 47 years ago. You just had an anniversary, I did, yeah, yes. Yeah. 40, that's good. 47 years to the same woman. You know... This hat's almost as old as your wedding. Mm-hmm. It's a little over forty years. Yeah, so got it off of a movie. I, man, it was uh, seventeen thousand six hundred fifty-two days. I think it is yeah. what it figured out. And, to but who's counting, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're having fun. All right, let's get to uh, talking about the cowboy. And, well, and, well, and wait, as you wait, do that, wait, wait, yes, sir. Wait. Oh, we got news. Cowboy news. I forgot. Gee, sure, you just you stampeded know, like. Like an old Grizz. Yeah, like an old Grizz. Yeah. <laughs> well, first thing I want to bring to you folks' attention, this sounds like a neat thing. I might even try to go down there. Uh, on Saturday, March 16th, Southern Arizona Transportation Museum presents Silver Spike Jubilee. Ooh. It's a reenactment of the 1880 Southern Pacific arrival in Tucson. Mm-hmm. There will be period costumes, 4th uh, Calvary Band and they are good. That's right here. Yes, they local are. Area. Yes, they are. They'll have dis- <clears throat> displays of the original silver spike. Nice. And if I go down there and nobody's watching, I might have a you're, silver spike. You're gonna rip it off, right? No, no, no. no I'm just no. liberated. That's what Joe would do. Yeah, liberate. Yep, liberate. Yep. And what else is? Oh, there's a craft show, and there's vendors, so you can go down. Oh, and uh, vintage vehicles for. 
Mm-hmm. People that like old tin cars. I and that's Saturday <laughs> the 16th. It uh, starts at 9.30 a.m. Well, and what's happening this weekend? Well, there's the powwow out at Pima College. That's mm-hmm. today. And that'll be, that'll be it probably winding up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the big thing, the book fair. I was out there this morning visiting our friends of the Western Riders of America up at their booth mm-hmm. and then down at the Amigos and assorted women's booth. I mm. never can remember the other half. Of the hombres and... No, it's, it's Amigos and something. And Hombres, I think. I think, no, I think it's Amigos. Well, it's some kind of people and some kind of people. Hawking came up with it, I think. Oh, well, that, that explains <laughs> why I can't remember. But he, it doesn't involve bacon. Doug though. was there. I said hello to Johnny and uh-huh. all. all yeah. Oh, I, I might just, you know, this is, this is the eat your heart out moment. <laughs> Harry and I had the great pleasure of having supper with yes. a bunch of the Western riders yes. out at Highfalutin. Yes, a delightful we did. time. Uh, I sat next door to Colin Cutsworth, and we just yacked Western movies all mm-hmm. night long. Yeah, and for those who don't remember, we had him and uh, Bill Markley on talking about their uh, book where they each took a different side of various Western figures. And I took the third side. Well, there's always three sides to every story. Unless there's four. Well, then there's four sides. Unless but there's just one guy and he's bigger and better you than know, everybody else, and it's just his side. His side of the story, and he's sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of those guys, I have hot off the press. Who dog? Right here, this is the 2019 Western Writers of America Spur Award winners and finalists. And by the way, we are going to be at the uh, gathering of the Western Writers, the convention, uh, coming up in June, and that's being held here in Tucson. We'll be broadcasting from there, uh, special programs and and whatnot. So uh, We might be on air a whole bunch that few days. Was it four days? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a deal. Anyhow, yep. this is a contemporary novel. was won by Susan Henderson, and it was called The Flicker of Old Dreams. The historical novel, River of Porcupines by G.K. Alberg. And one of our amigos that was appeared on the show, uh, Tom Claggett, his book, Line of Gory, a novel of the Alamo, mm-hmm. which I thought was outstanding. Mm-hmm. We I talked really with did. him about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it's a great book. Anyhow, he was a finalist. Mass Market Paperback Novel was Hawk's War by Revis Z. Wartham. Moving Down, Romance Novel, The Woman Who Built a Bridge by C.E. Krigger. And I just want to I just want to point out something to folks. You know, you go into a supermarket nowadays and look for a Western novel, you can't find them. Mm-hmm. Now you look for a Western novel, romance novel, and there's about twenty of them on the stands. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with either the. I think it's with the markets because they're not putting stuff. Well, they're putting out what's selling, but well, they're yeah. not selling. The, they're not pushing but is the it, Yeah, is it in fact selling? Well, it must be if they're putting it out. But whatever. But they're, they're, but they're, they are <clears> selling. <throat> so there is there is a definite market out there. And hey, Hollywood, maybe some Western movies that, that are made with a little romance for the ladies. So mm-hmm. that, you know, we get the lady wants to go to the movies. The hubby will follow. Moving on, mm-hmm. what do we got here? We got traditional novel, The Return of Kid Cooper by Brad Smith. In uh, biography, White Hat, The Military Career of Captain William Philo, Philo Clark by Mark J. Nelson. And also a finalist in that category was our good friend and amigo 
Michael uh, Blake, F. Michael E. Blake for his The Cowboy Poetry, The American West, and The Making of Theodore Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, next week we're going to have Bruce Ash in here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about Theodore mm-hmm. Roosevelt. So, hey, yeah. it's serendipitally. Biography, yes, serendipitally. Yeah. Uh, biography, White Hot. Oh, I did that one. Okay, moving on. Contemporary nonfiction, The Line Becomes a River, Dispatches from the Border by Francisco Cantu, who I believe is a uh, local writer, and he also won first nonfiction book. Oh. Uh, historical nonfiction, Native but foreign indigenous immigrants and refugees in the North American borderlands. Mm-hmm. That sounds too political for me. <laughs> Brendan W. Rensick. And we still, we're still about halfway through here. Uh, juvenile fiction, our really good amigo, the man of a million novels, Johnny D. Boggs. And he's got one out, and it is called, where is it? I lost my place here. <laughs> where are you, Johnny? Come here. Oh, here we go. Juvenile fiction. Taos Lightning hmm. by Johnny D. Boggs. And I know it's going to be good because... Every book by Boggs is good. Yeah, well, and you don't know that, but it's Taos. That's right up there in yeah. his backyard. Yeah. He, he knows what he's doing, and he's doing what he knows. There you go. Storytelling. Illustrated children book. Montana for Kids. The Story of Our State. Uh, the author, illustrator, Alan Morris Jones. Short fiction. That's short stories. About that big? Sometimes about that big, sometimes about that wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyhow, Buck's Last Ride, Teresa Greenwood, short nonfiction. That's also like that, but, but that's it's, it's two stories. It's, you know, like, I got you. you know, so not, just, just a shade not, not made up. I got you. Yeah, Maybe made up a little bit, but okay. we, won't, we won't talk about that part. <laughs> short nonfiction, art, agency, and con- conservation, you know, conservatism, I can't read without without looking here. Well, you want Uh, some glasses? Fresh look at... (laughs) I can't see with them. (laughs) A fresh look at Albert Bierstadt's vision of the West. And talk about... Now, there's a fellow that had tremendous influence because his paintings and illustrations of the West Mm -hmm. made people want to go out and see it because Mm -hmm. it it was just so majestic. And he was just, you know, your everyday German artist that just came over and was a duke or somebody important because he wanted to paint his safari. Yeah, Six-month yeah. hunting trip. Okay, you know, in the, in yeah, the those are neat. And he loved what he saw and he stayed. Well, you know, it's... Uh, How could you not? It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. What we got here? Oh, uh, poem, Prairie Center by John D. Nesbitt. Song, best. this is the Spur Award. The Outside Circle by Mike Blakely and Damon Rogers. And also, Mike was also a finalist for another song, the Ballad of Josiah Wilbarger with, uh, uh, oh, just by him. Okay. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I love that title, The Ballad of Josiah yeah, Wilbarger. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're wrapping it up here. A drama script, The Ridge, or The Writer by Chloe Zhou. I hope it gets made. No reward for documentary. Uh, first novel winner, that was The River by Starlight by Ellen Nothingham. Okay. And that's it. That's the scoop. We beat everybody to it. Nice. Right and here that, on uh, of the <clears throat> That event, the uh, Western Writers Convention here in Tucson is June. Do you have those dates? No, it's not on this. Oh, it's not on there. But you uh, don't know the dates anyway. 
I don't. Well, I got them at home in my calendar. Okay. I can go home and get them if you want, Harry. Well, I don't know. Can you make make it back? I can run a bunch of commercials. Just take over, Harry. I'll be right back. Okay. <clears throat> well, oh, hey. so much for this issue of Voices of the West. <laughs> oh yeah, check out in back of Bunker's head there. We've got us a little bit of artwork coming up, and there it is. It's a uh, well, it's not a Remington, but uh, it's 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 a Wells Fargo photo. Yeah. And I don't know if it's one of the old ones or not, but when you saw the old Wells Fargo commercials for years and mm-hmm, years, mm-hmm. it was a fellow named Jerry Brown, one of Hollywood's top uh, wagon drivers mm-hmm. and stuntmen. And I'm hoping it is Jerry, because he, he saved my bacon one time. I might not be here today if it hadn't been for Wow. Him. It's a six-up, so, uh, you know, it's good. Yeah. I'd like to have a seven-up. To... <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, you know, before we uh, embark on our uh, commercial messages here, I think perhaps what we ought to do is, I mean, before we embark on our talk about cowboys, see, you got me all confused. No, it's not hard. I will. Um, and before, so yeah, before. one with footwork. Thank you. So before we do that, we'll do our commercial break. Right, right. That's what I was w- trying to say, and it finally managed to get out there. So. <laughs> Harry, let's go to the commercial break. Okay, let's do that. We'll be back with more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these very important messages. Do not, I repeat, do not go away. When it's two days born, I go riding, yippee For the wide open plains I roam, yippee Till the sun to the hills goes hiding, yippee There will always be someone glad when I come home, yippee Cowboy has to sing, and a cowboy has to yell. Emil Franzi's Voices of the West will be right back. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000 square foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge, and we're open year round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7:30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Tucson Estate Planning, where attorneys Ron Zach and Chanel Schmitz design estate plans to keep you out of court. There are so many people who say they do estate planning. What they're doing is they're just picking up forms. It's not a lot different than just going on and getting your own forms and filling them out. That causes a lot of problems. We know what goes to court. We know what problems come up. Zach and Schmitz, PLC. Estate planning attorneys you can trust. 520-664-3420. TucsonEstatePlanning.com. 
Imus Wilkinson Investments 777-1911 is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them and they'll help you as they did us design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Punchinello, 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 the punchy cow puncher. He lassoed a poor little doggie one day, and the crowd on the fence shouted hip hip hooray. But he branded himself, and the calf got away. He's the pride of the tenderfoot trail. What a fellow, Punchinello. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. And we are back right here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. A little bit of uh, Eddie Dean there singing uh, Panchicello, Panchinello. Uh, it's a, a pretty cool, pretty cool song, I think. Um, cowboy humor. Uh, cowboy humor. I don't remember what uh, w- uh, which movie it came from, but um, but they were all good. Yeah, you know, that's all you have to know. <laughs> They're all good. Uh, so, here on this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, we are going to talk about the American Cowboy. And if you'd like to join in that fun with us, here's how you do it. 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378, or shoot us an email at voicesofthewest at gmail.com. And, of course, you can only call when the uh, call in when the program is live, so... Uh, you can call in other times, but it ain't going to do you no good. Yeah, you know, there'll be some little girl on the other end. Well, it's, I shouldn't say that. There'll be some computerized voice on the other end that oh, says... I was almost going to call when you said little girl, but I'm not going to talk to her. <laughs> Robo uh, D. France, I swear. All right. Uh, before we get going on our topic in our book, I've got this uh, nifty little slideshow I put together oh, of, uh, of, of um, uh, cowboys in the Old West. I mean... <laughs> You know, and these these are not staged pictures. Uh, in other words, they don't come from some reenactment uh, or anything like that. These are all taken in the 1880s period, and I've got some pictures of Tucson up there too. So let's uh, run through there. Cowboys at a uh, uh, this particular one is cowboys uh, at a roundup, and there's a a group of, what, uh, seven cowboys sitting there on horses and the cattle in the background. And they're just posing for that picture. Just posing. Yipper. So let's see. Whoops. We have our next one is... Uh, we've talked about this before, that the the black uh, man and woman had a significant impact on the American West. It's estimated that what up to a third of the working cowboys were black. Well, you know, you bear in mind and think about this. Uh, <clears throat> when the Easterners, or you know, these were the people that settled the country, started moving west, they were coming over mostly from the 
Appalachian mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. you know, Tennessee, Arkansas, Georgia, the Virginias, uh, the guys that ended up at, at the Alamo is a good, yeah. good example yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, these were all slave states, and this early settling of Texas, which is really where uh, Western ranching truly begins, because mm-hmm. they they raised cattle in the East, but it was a whole different way of way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got over here and. What they met was the indigenous Mexican or the indigenous Indians and the, the Spaniards who had settled it with mm-hmm. Mexicans because mm-hmm. the Mexicans really were the indigenous Indians of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they had been trained to become vaqueros because under the Spaniards, uh, only the military and nobility could own horses. So they literally, the, the vaqueros were taught by the caballeros how to be horsemen. And these were the, some of the finest horsemen in the world. We're yep. right there when the Texans started showing up. Well, these were the guys that had to be emulated. But Texas was being settled by the, the huge grants of land in hectares from Mexico, mm-hmm. granting them to settle. Mm-hmm. Well, who's, who are they? They weren't. They weren't coming over there and hiring the vaqueros mm. because the vaqueros wouldn't work for them, for right. one thing. They were too, too noble. But they brought the slaves, and the slaves, so the early, a lot of the early cowboys in Texas were slaves. Yeah. And, of course, fam, you know, family members, because in any ranch, I don't care then or now, the kids learn ranching as soon as they're big, big enough to set on the that's horse. Right. And that's how it started. And, but that's... You know, that's a capsulized version of it. Another uh, image here is <clears throat> of uh, about eight cowboys, and uh, all black, and uh, they're just posing for the camera here. But uh, this is, like I said, this was taken in the 1880s. And uh, let's see, the next film. Oh, uh, it, whoops. This is a... I'll just add to that, too. You know, if you, if you go from Texas to California, uh, that was pretty much Vaqueros, uh, even here in Arizona, it wasn't until after the Gadsden Purchase, this part of the state yeah. was opened up to. There were there were Anglo's here, but they weren't coming. The Anglo's were coming. Most of them were coming from Texas, mm-hmm. and they were bringing Texas cowboys mm-hmm. and kind of pushed the uh, vaqueros out. Yeah, you know, the Empire Ranch is a good example. Under 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 the veils, it was almost entirely vaqueros. When the Boises came in. There was a mixture of vaqueros mm-hmm, and Texas cowboys. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next image up is a picture of Tucson. Uh, this is back in the 1880s, and it's a picture of uh, Congress Street, uh, which is one of the main uh, thoroughfares in downtown Tucson. And none of those stores are, uh, and storefronts are left. <laughs> of course, the street is much wider now, and there's an idiotic streetcar uh, track going down there. Um, they had streetcars at one time before then. You know that that was for good, good. No, no. In those days, it was good. It was good. Yeah, this is not good. This is only for tourists and for they say students and other people uh, will ride it and such. Um, How but, do you say boondoggle? Yeah, I think that about it. Uh, yeah, mm. and we can thank this uh, guy who. Uh, ran for governor and, and is thinking about running for the mayor mayor's uh, chair here in Tucson, uh, Steve Farley. Oh. Yeah, far away Farley. Yipper. Anyway, <laughs> that's uh, <clears throat> that's the political comment for today. Um, <laughs> our next picture is uh, maybe we can get some political calling. <laughs> yeah, our next image is uh, showing some settlers 
heading heading west. Uh, it's a uh, family and a young man, uh, husband, mother, and a very young child, and oh, in their covered wagon, and they've got all whatever possessions they've got with them. So that's how it all worked. Hey, yes, sir. That's a good segue into uh, Candy Moulton's new book coming out in April. Well, all right. It's the Mormon Handcart Migration. Ah. And it's, you know, you told you, because you were talking about this yeah. good young family moving west. Here for about a period of three or four years, and I think about, I don't know, like 30,000 uh, pushing carts across the prairie. We think of the hardships of the covered wagons. Mm-hmm. And this, these are like, you know, 1,200-mile 12, 12 journeys with pushing or pulling a two-wheel <laughs> cart, can, can you? Would you be able to do that? Do you think? Well, well heck yeah! Uh-huh. I, I could do it right now today. I'll uh, be back tomorrow. See, um, Candy did it too as yes. part of her research for the yes. book. She went out and, and I don't know whether she pushed or pulled. Knowing Candy, she might. If nobody's looking, she might have <laughs> rode. <me. laughs> no, but no, it, she would never cheat. That's that is uh, that's an incredible. Uh, monument or feet uh, yeah. to the American West. And, you know, a lot of these folks, they didn't, they couldn't afford wagons either. Well, so yeah. they'd walk they'd well, you know, with the wagon train, but they walked. You no, know, it's like they, they, the way they refer to it, LDS uh, or the Mormons, uh, Brigham Young uh, decreed an edict, mm-hmm. you know, come West, push a wagon. You know, it's like, and that, you know, you think about it, you know, there's about 200, and this is, you know, about 30, 40,000 people, only about 200 died. Which is pretty amazing. Pretty, it is a pretty amazing. And most of those came from getting a late start and getting caught in Wyoming blizzards. And, you know, we've, we've seen, and read, seen movies and read accounts, historical accounts of um, folks who took the Oregon Trail and... Uh, there were a lot of fatalities on mm-hmm. that uh, due to weather, starvation. Uh, I just had the strangest thought. Okay. Of course, all my thoughts are strange. <clears throat> Can you imagine? Here's this cart train coming across the prairie. Here comes the Cheyenne up on the ridge. Mm-hmm. They're going to raid them. Where's the wagons? <laughs> These people are pushing... Oh, they're crazy. We ain't nothing. We're gonna mess with these folks. We're no. going back. We're going to find us some Yankees yeah. up north. No, no circling the carts, <laughs> as it were. All right, our next image up is. Uh, you can't but, stampede the livestock. Uh, see, another next image up is a is a uh, cowboy uh, at the ready. He's uh, the herd is uh, grazing at the point. At this point, he's got his uh, his uh, rope ready. And that's a what do they call that loop? Do you know? You call it a loop? A loop. No, there's another name for the... Oh, it's a rieta. That's it. That's it. That's the rope. Okay. It's, and a rieta was really a rawhide braided, braided rope. Well, anyway, he's holding a line. That's the naval part. Is that your line about that? Yep, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, and atop his horse, just watching to make sure that uh, nobody heads on out where they shouldn't be heading on out. Up next is a picture of... Whoops. Now yeah, I screwed that one up. It was a picture what, what, what of... was it? It was Meyer Street in Tucson. Oh, and, oh what uh, a neat 18, street yeah, that was. The, Did uh, you ever see it? Uh, I've been to Meyer Street, but I've not... I mean, not in, <laughs> not in 1880. No, well, yeah, that was... in Again, the uh, bugaboo guys down there in the city that run our city and make the decisions for our city, they decided that Meyer Street, which was an all-brick street... Uh, it, it, it looked like New Orleans. Yeah, it did. It was run down, I yeah. grant. 
uh, grant you, but it looked like New Orleans. It was the coolest, neatest street in downtown Tucson. Mm-hmm. And in their wisdom, they said, We're, we need to tear that down so we can build La Placida and regenerate downtown Tucson. The fact that that was also where the majority of the Hispanic and black population lived, which they wanted out of downtown Tucson, mm-hmm. that's and that's why they did it. But La Placida was a failure. They ended up tearing it down, t- tore it down this yep, year. Yeah, it never it never once paid for itself. The occupancy level was uh, very very low. I uh, worked at a radio station that was uh, situated in the basement there of La Placita, and uh, were you there? Uh, now I, w- I was there. Yeah, I was uh, I was the news director for a uh, news talk station. So you go back, Harry. I know that was eighty uh, five. Yeah. yeah long time ago. Anyway, the next image up is uh, President Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, and TR. A, yeah, very young TR. Colonel. And uh, this is even before that, but uh, he, he's the just... asthmatic. Yeah, he's just standing, making a pose with his horse. and Oh, that's the Dakota days. I can't see. Yeah. What, I, don't, I have no yeah. idea what Harry's looking at. And, and, ha- and the hand on the uh, <clears throat> on his revolver uh, which he's wearing cross draw style. Has he has he got his fur hat on? No, he's got a regular hat. Okay, got the regular. Yeah, hat, yeah. so that's that's a way cool. Is he, is he got cool the buckskin? Uh, yeah, uh, no, he's wearing a bib shirt. Okay, okay, shirt. I know the picture then. Yeah, now he had that shirt made special, the buckskin one. I wouldn't doubt. Yeah, he, he stuck. He stood out. Another image up is a picture of Stone Avenue here in Tucson, uh, circa 1880, and. Well, look, I see potholes. <laughs> well, and you also, what's what's in the middle of those potholes? Uh, Road apples. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now nah, it's a it's a it's a way cool picture. I, I love these old photos. Another uh, image up here is uh, of uh, a pair of cowboys just posing, and they're at a, a, a photography Harry. studio. I, I'm, I'm starting to take take offense at this cowboy posing. Are they posing, or are they just? Cowboy. Yeah, well, they're they're not posing like this yeah. or like this. Okay. Uh, they're they're just, not Madison Albert. No, they're, they're yeah. you know it's a standard photography pose, yeah. and uh, one of them's wearing chaps there, and uh, yeah, they look like they're made out of the oil skin or something. That's if I could see it. It's probably it's probably you know how when you tan leather you've got yeah. the smooth side. And yeah. The black side. It's probably the smooth side. The last image is. A picture of Dodge City. Dodge City is, is Marshall Dillon there. With I don't. Miss I didn't. I don't see Matt Pastor or Miss, Miss Kitty. Uh, I do see Doc Adams's office. No. Um, this is the original, the real Dodge City, and it was uh, quite the lawless place in its day. In fact, uh, you know, many many of us uh, uh, take umbrage at the fact that. Uh, some in the federal government want to restrict our Second Amendment rights. Well, got news for you, Sparky. Back in those days, uh, a sheriff or a marshal could declare the town gun-free. That's right. And it it went. Well, you know, what's one of the interesting things? You, know, you talk about Dodge City, and everybody talks about how being wild and woolly town. Yeah. They never talk about the deadline. No. And, and the people that lived above uh, the uh-huh. deadline, which were the townies, uh-huh. They, they they didn't have all no. because that was why they had the deadline because yeah. the cowboys if they crossed the deadline they'd get thumped yeah yeah the yeah the people were quite uh, 
taken with their place and, and would do whatever they needed to to make sure that it stayed the way yeah. they wanted to, yeah. wanted it to stay. You know, yeah, you know it's, it's, same, it's the same today. It's, it's, they want their money, mm -hmm. but they don't want their company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't want your kind around here. Yeah. All right, we have to uh, do another break here, Morning. so uh, we're way past that. Um, you are in tune here with Abel Franzi's Voices of the West here on the Voices of the West radio channel and on our YouTube channel. We have uh, more coming up, but first we have to go and do this. We'll be right back after these very important messages. Do stay tuned. <laughs> Franzi's Voices of the West will be right back. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Polash Management Company today at polashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. 
Military families endure frequent deployments and separations, wait patiently for their safe return. If you harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Franzi's Voices of the West. And we are back here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a Saturday for us. Who knows what day it is for you? Um, 844 uh, 844-908-9378 if you'd like to get involved in our conversation here about the American Cowboy. Or you can email us at uh, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. And let's see. What's the, uh, what, uh, yeah, let me back up here. Back up. Um, I have to play a high chaparral theme. Why? Because if I don't, Mr. DeFrance walks off the set. That's right, Sparky. So what season was that, my friend? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> how many of those I, have how many have you watched? I don't know. Because when it was running I was working, so I never saw them. But mm-hmm. uh, now that the uh, here in Tucson, they're running five days a week at 11 o'clock on mm-hmm. 13.3 over-the-air free TV mm-hmm. as opposed to the money-grabbing mm-hmm. cables and satellites. satellites and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I've been, catching, I've been catching them as much as I can, and I, I, I'm still amazed. That, well, you know, they were, they were shooting around, what, 20-some-odd a year. Mm-hmm. So there has, I think there's around close to 100 of them were made, I think. I don't know. Nice, I really don't know. nice. Well, anyway, you were in uh, over 50 of them, somewhere between 45 and 50 yeah. uh, episodes of the High Chaparral. So that's why we play that uh, High Chaparral music at the bottom of the hour. I get all <clears> cheery-eyed <throat> every time I hear that. I know. I think of the guys, you know, yeah. hanging out in the, the bunkhouse, you know, yeah. and uh, going over to the prop truck and getting a Coke, you know, mm-hmm. and the hardships of cowboying in the mm-hmm. Old West. Okay, the uh, another little story I, I probably will regret telling, but oh, I'm going to so. I'm going to tell it anyway. Uh, you heard the uh, the spot there for horsing around rescue, <clears throat> and the uh, it opened up with the voice of Mr. Ed. Well, last night my wife and I watched a couple of westerns, and one of the westerns that we happened to watch was uh, San, uh, Marshall of Amarillo, starring Alan Rocky Lane. Now, Alan Rocky Lane is the voice of Mr. Ed. Uh, so when she's she not seen this movie before nor seen him. And so uh, when he finally came on uh, screen, I told him, I told her, OK, now just listen to the voice. She Close says, OK, OK. And I said, now, who does it sound, in fact, like Mr. Ed? Uh-huh. Clayton Moore was also in this episode. And he's talking, and she says, I know that voice, too. I said, okay, it's the Lone Ranger. She says, oh, geez, I'm, and now I've got the, the, the Lone Ranger talking to a horse. It it's went downhill from there, but it was fun. Well, yeah, but you're, you're raising her up right. <laughs> you're right. I, it's like, I, to, my, to my mind, you know, of course, I grew up with it, but it's like, 
not growing up with Alan Rocky Lane and, and Buck Jones, mm -hmm. Roy Rogers, Jotry, uh, McCray, all of these guys, you know, the, the B Cowboys more yeah, than the A yeah, Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, it was like, I, it boggles my mind when I'll, I'll ask, we're doing a show and I'll, about one of these guys and I'll ask him, hey, you ever hear, you ever hear Paul Fix? And I'll go, oh, oh yeah. Micah on Rifleman? Oh, yeah. If it's not, if it's not last week and, yeah. you know, they just, I'm sad. Yeah, it's. Another tear in the other eye. Uh, yeah, no, they just keep on coming. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, where do we want to go next here on our talk about well, well, the let, American cowboy? Well, let's see. He was tall in the saddle. Yep. And, that, you know, that's an interesting thing, too, because uh, the east, in the east at that time, most cattle were worked because it was a small group of cattle. They weren't used to working large herds, mm -hmm. uh, and for the most part, they worked them like they did in Europe. That's on foot mm -hmm. with long poles, mm -hmm. and they would poke them. Mm -hmm. Now, that can, we can flash forward to another part where cowpoke comes in, but when they came out to Texas with this vast open country, you couldn't do that. <laughs> and one of those well, once, you could do it once. Yeah, you, know, you could try. <laughs> because with the long, with those longhorns, they were mean, nasty, and snarly. Yeah. In fact, it was like there's recorded incidents of them uh, coming out of the brush attacking uh, columns of troops. Oh you know, they, they they you know they didn't take anything from anybody. Yeah, right. And you know they were foul-tempered and. And they could they could run through the Texas thicket where you couldn't walk mm -hmm. through on foot with a, a horn span of six to eight feet, mm -hmm. and you could it sounded like a railroad train going by. Mm -hmm. How they could run through that, you know, it just it boggles you. you know. Determination, I would suspect. Well, I think they just didn't know any different. Well, yeah, uh, but, follow the lead cow. But that's the thing is, you know that. They, these guys came out, and they had to learn, again, going back to the Vaquero, how to work these kind of cattle mm -hmm. in those conditions. Mm -hmm. And yet, But the other thing, too, is like you, you flash forward now to the end of the trail drive, and they're up, they're up in Abilene, Sedalia, uh, Dodge City, and they're loading the cattle on the, on the trains. Well, they'd, they'd load them through a chute. Right. That way they could also count them as they did it. Mm -hmm. And there were guys on each side of the chute with poles keep poking. poking them, which is a hangover from that. But that's where the term cowpoke came from. Well, looky there. How about that? I'll work. I'll bring my own pole. <laughs> Talk about the author oh. <laughs> of, of this particular tome that we are I referring to. I don't know to. much about the author. Well, this is what the author had to say, though. It was an era when a man's word was more abiding than a written contract, and when personal industri industry and integrity were held in higher uh, esteem than shrewdness. You know, there's also a section in there of the uh, accoutrements that the cowboy would have, and uh, I think it said something that it's... What's, a, what's an accoutrement? Uh, you know, the, the, the hanging down things from your belt. Oh, you mean like gear? Yeah. Tack? They, they called it... They called it uh, uh, utilitarian stuff because huh? whatever yeah i know i'm going to big words Harry, here Harry, you're 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 throwing that eastern stuff at me now i, I i'm i'm trying yeah you you're bringing up obfuscation or whatever that word is yep, into the uh, that's conversation exactly what i'm trying to do okay uh but the the everything the cowboy carried was what the cowboy needed it didn't was, need anything it else it didn't work it didn't get carried you know it's uh, like <laughs> 
I equate it to being in the military, mm-hmm. and you know, you got your your rucksack, and what you got in that rucksack is what you got. And you know, the funny thing, you know, you know, you know what it is is it's like, oh, it's like the people coming out on the wagon trains. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a grand piano somewhere. I know. And the funny <laughs> thing is, there, you know, that's one way you know you're heading in the right direction by following the grand pianos across the prairie. Yeah, uh, that that just. just just what's necessary. But those things weighed so much, and it was weight was precious on those. Oh wagons. yeah, exactly. But they did. They yeah. they load the family arrow. You know, just think of that that push cart. Yep. Okay, there was nobody pushing a grand piano across the prairie. <laughs> or if they did, they did it once. <laughs> Unless it had big wheels on it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But anyway, this this particular book is is really cool. Uh, it's a pictorial. Yeah. yeah, pictorial history. Uh, and those are not staged photos in that book either. Oh, great, there's like a lot of a lot of Remington illustrations. Mm-hmm. There's some Russell in here, uh, other people. The artwork is just amazing, and and of course they got you know they they show some of the gear and tack that they use. They they talk about uh, you know the the Rieda, how it was braided leather, uh, rawhide actually. And how they did it, stretching it out, and one of the things. This is one of the interesting things that the vaqueros taught the cowboys, but the cowboys didn't continue with it. Was that the they would ride up behind a steer, grab it by the tail, and trip it. In other words, throw it. Yeah. And that would stun them, and they could get down, put it, and mm-hmm. get the legs tied, and and work them. And I, I, I don't think the Cowboys took to that too well because if you go to Mexican Rodeo, that's one of the big events. Mm-hmm. They love it. I love it too because you, you see you see a uh, brand and degree of horsemanship that's so similar yet really, really different. You watch their rope work. You know, the, the, the vaqueros out there with the loops and the catches. You know, that, that's, that's why Will Rogers became famous is because he could do all of that kind of rope mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. He traveled around the world. He went to Australia mm-hmm. over the Wild West show, went to Europe, and he learned all that stuff. Oh, he learned all that stuff in Oklahoma. He was, you know, he was Cherokee right. heritage right. and cowboy, and he learned it that. But he had greater aspirations, you know, to see the world or whatever. Like, you know, what's on the other side of the hill? You know, you mentioned rodeo, and, and uh, the rodeo is an outgrowth of uh, the cowboys doing sport. Right, uh, on off off times, they would uh, you know gather up uh, gather up the horses or whatever and do whatever. Well, you know, you, and it's funny too because you know the rodeo comes comes basically from the California rodeo, right? Because what that was it meant to go round, yeah. Which is what you call it, your different events, go rounds, yeah. And they would basically what they would do is the different ranches would send their best cowboys, mm-hmm. the best ropers, the best saddle bronc rider, whatnot. Uh, and they would have a competition. The best rodeos today are the ranch rodeos because yeah. they're they're doing it the old style. You know, you don't have the modern rodeo advance. Yeah, I've been uh, we've been watching the. Uh, I'm not sure if these are semifinals, but it's uh, what did he call it? N N. N C R F. Yeah, it's, it's on the Cowboy Ch- Channel. Uh, National Na- Cowboys. Yeah, rodeo finals. National Cowboy rodeo finals. Mm-hmm. And man, it, it's it's really interesting. And, and when you watch it, and the guys who are doing the play by play, give a good demonstration or good explanation mm-hmm. of what to look for. 
you know, in a particular uh, rider and horse and how the rider controls the horse or bull. You know, I think this is a, gr a great example of the cowboy culture. You take, like, a, announcers for football and baseball mm -hmm. and hockey and soccer. A lot of these guys never played the game. Right. But at rodeo, the guys calling it, I would say almost every one of them has had rodeo career or experience mm -hmm. from the ranch, whatever, mm -hmm. and they're bringing a authenticity yeah. to what they're doing yeah. that you don't find in other sports. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, we got to do that final break here. Um, so uh, we still have a little bit of time if you want to join us at 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378. So with that, we will be back with much more of Amal Franzi's Voices of the West right after these particular messages. Do stay tuned. <laughs> Sergeant Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police with Yukon King, swiftest and strongest lead dog breaking the trail in the relentless pursuit of lawbreakers in the wild days of the Yukon. Franzi's Voices of the West will be right back. Have you tried to set up your own last will and testament? It's frustrating. One size does not fit all. A will is the only way in Arizona that you can name a guardian for your minor children. You can also use a will to name a guardian for an adult. I like to think of it as not just a way to make sure things go to who you want. A will is a great way to keep out who you don't want. Zach and Schmitz, PLC, the experience to guide you through the legal maze, 520-6634-3420, TucsonEstatePlanning.com. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do do. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000 square foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge, and we're open year-round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Too many dusty trail towns, too few and far between. Tired saloons and sawdust-covered floors Too many one-more-showdowns and aces over queens Winning's just a way of keeping a score My old pappy always told me your fate is in your hands Stamp that or draw it's yours to choose 
luck don't have a thing to do with how you play the game. Maverick didn't come here to lose. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. And we are back right here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with you, along with Bunker de France, and uh, a little bit of uh, Ed Bruce there. Ed Brewster. Yeah, playing, uh, or doing the theme to uh, Brett Maverick. That's a good TV show. Man. Hey, you know, that was, that, I saw it the other night. I didn't yep. know it was playing here. Yeah. That's the first time I ever saw a scene from Yeah, they, uh, it was on Get TV, I think. Yeah. And they, uh, we missed the very first episode, and we can't find it anywhere online or anywhere else. Or having troubles yeah. with it at this point, at least. And uh, I, you know, I, I, I loved it when Ma- when uh, Garner played, came, brought the Maverick character back. Uh-huh. And I mean, it's 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 good. It's the same kinds of stories, and it's all, it's Maverick for God's yeah. sake. Uh, he and he, you know, he was good, obviously, in the Rockford Files. That was almost Maverick too, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And, well, you know, Nichols. <laughs> I love Nichols. Movie. Nichols movie. rocked. Yeah, and and this uh, Brett Maverick is supposed to take place in uh, Arizona, someplace. Yeah, he's he's, he's like wins a, a mine, a ranch. A ra- oh, and he had a ranch, a mine too, though. Nah, I haven't seen that part yet, yeah. but he went apparently wins the ranch in uh, Poker Hand and uh, settles in there. And he's also become partners with Ed Bruce, who owns the saloon. So they now both own the saloon. And uh, he's uh, uh, Maverick has a very cantankerous foreman out uh, on the ranch. And, Best guy to have. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's it's I just love that show. Yeah. I there's can't a, get enough Maverick. It, there was another show on because I, I it was funny because I caught just the end of a show going off and just the beginning of that coming on, and I was like, you know, when it's one of those times when yeah. you're in and out of the yeah, house. Yeah. And I can't remember what the show was on before, but just because I was wondering, well, wait, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I saw Brett uh, Brett I said, that's not the old one. I know, and so I watched it for a couple minutes and left. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good. See, this is why you need a DVD recorder. I don't need it. <laughs> if well, I got can... a DVD, I'd be like I'd be like Howard Hughes with my hair to my shoulder, well, long fingernails, eating Twinkies. Well, you know, but you have as many westerns as you wanted to watch and, and probably could watch. It's short, short, probably shortened my lifespan for five or ten years. And think of all the research I could do in that time and all the move, just books I could read. Because I, I love reading more than I love watching movies. As much as I love movies, I love books more. It'd be a hell of a five to ten years, though, wouldn't it? I don't know, because I'd probably be crazy by the time. <laughs> Gibberish. Oh, golly. Well, anyway, that's pretty much our look at the American cowboy. Are we over? We're almost over here, yeah. Uh, But, you know, hey, we can talk on this topic ad ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. I know, yeah. (laughs) So uh, next next time we get together, we're going to do Theodore Roosevelt. We'll have uh, a guy. Don't call him Teddy. He no, didn't don't call like him Teddy. Being called no. Teddy. We'll have a guy on the show who uh, uh, loves Theodore Roosevelt, and it's not Michael F. Blake, although he loves him too. But we'll try and get uh, see if we can get Mike on the phone with us uh, to talk uh, about Theodore Roosevelt. Quartet. Yeah, but uh, the, our guest next week will be uh, Bruce Ash, uh, who also does a radio program uh, on a competing radio station. Which is fine, you know. I, hey, that's, we can say it. It's well, right. KBOI. It's yeah. the, he's producing or doing the uh, old Inside Track show 
which so, was Emil Franzi. Which was Emil Franzi. So, with that, we are plumb out of time. We thank you so much for uh, watching and uh, listening to the show, and hope that uh, you'll be back with us next time. Did we say anything that made sense? No. Oh, good. That's, that's a good show. Dude. That's a good show. All <laughs> right. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzink's Voices of the West.